Hello everyone and what is up? How are you? This is the Man Cave Huddle once again. Thank you for listening and taking the time out of your schedule. I'm your host, Greg. Today, we're going to recap Game 2 of the NBA Finals. And if we had three words or a phrase, it goes back to a movie that came out in the 70s. And the guy was clinking the bottles together. And it sounded like this. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. I mean, look, let me tell you. The Warriors last night, they came out to play. They said, no, we ain't fooling around. We ain't playing no games. We're not even going to make it look like you're going to come and take all lunch money today. Woo. Last night, Warriors took game two with a 122-103 victory. And it just looked like from the tip of the game that the Cavs just, that oomph, that intensity, that everything that they had in the first half, it just didn't feel like it was there. That everything, the shot-making, the rebounding, the, that's the, the the defensive pressure, like just the grit, you know, like the belief, like I know we're down 0-1, I know JR messed up in game one, but we're, we're good enough and we believe that we could take this game. And it, it, it was just like a boxer that was just taking punches, looking in the corner like, you want to throw that towel in or nah? It was just, and look, I don't want to make it seem like it was a straight beatdown, but it just felt like the war, the entire game, the Warriors were up 10. And whenever the Cavs would get it to single digits or get it to 6 or 4, Steph Curry for 3! Okay, KK, Clay Thompson for 3! And then it would just go back up to double digits again. I mean, guys are just slouching their shoulders like, Dag, man, what do we got to do? There was this 1-3 Curry took our love. I mean, it almost felt like him. he wasn't in Oakland. Now he took that 3 from L.A. And it went in. It just felt like he shot it in the air and it just dropped right down out the sky. I mean, Steph Curry last night went for 30 points but had nine made three-point field goals, which is an NBA record. Nobody before him in the history of the NBA has made nine three-point field goals, and that's what your man did last night. It was, it, was, it was a tough game, man. I mean, the Warriors last night, they definitely looked like the Warriors. And there was only in one aspect that they did not look like the Warriors, which was the third quarter. Because throughout these playoffs, the Warriors have made it a patent that they would just be killing and blowing teams out in the third quarter. But actually, the Cavs, they won the third quarter 34-31. They were still losing after the third quarter, but they were leading the third quarter where they actually outscored the Warriors, which was good. But um, one thing that I noticed in Game 2 that I really didn't see in Game 1 was that the Cavs were just settling for a lot of jump shots. And I thought in Game 1 they were a lot more aggressive, gaming in the paint. They were a lot more aggressive, just driving, layups, dunk attempts, posting up. I didn't see a lot of that in Game 2. It was just like, we're going to hope that these shots go in. And I think, I'm not in the NBA but I just think pro players like that, you need to take the ball into the rim and be aggressive to kind of get your rhythm, kind of uh, maybe have the defender think, is he going to drive or just take these jump shots? I mean, it was one point where it was a block party for the Warriors. They were blocking jump shots and three-point attempts that the that the Cavs were taking. It was just, I mean, it, it was a sight to be seen. 
But we talk about coaches, and a lot of people feel that Steve Kerr inherited a great team, which he did, and he's not really a great coach. But last night, I think he made a great coaching move. And I'm not saying it was the reason why they won, but it was probably a reason why they started off on such a good foot was instead of starting Mr. Looney, he decided to go with JaVel McGee. And JaVel McGee is not really that talented of an offensive player. Um, if you listen to one of my previous episodes, he's one of those um, rim protector rebound guys where he just runs to the front of the rim, chills out there, and if you miss a shot, I got you. Let me grab that rebound and pass it back out. Defensively, he's very long and athletic, and he could jump. So, I mean, he's a shot-blocking presence in terms of rim protection. But his energy last night, his willingness to defend, his willingness to run up and down the court, and just, you know, on pick and rolls, he would literally sprint into in front of the rim, which led him going 6-for-6 six six from the field last night, scoring 12 points. And a lot of his points came in the first quarter and first half, which set the tone for how the Warriors were going to play. So I thought that was a big point in the game offensively for the Warriors last night, along with Sean Livingston. Last night, Sean Livingston went 5 for 5 for 10 points. And Sean Livingston, whatever he's doing, his routine before the game, this guy has not missed from the field yet. He's 9 for 9 in the finals. So if he's taking a long way to work, whatever he's eating for breakfast, he needs to keep doing that. But last night, he's another one who uh, is a bench player. But he was he provided 10 points off the bench, which was, um, I don't want to say big, but it was just one of those, like I said, whenever the team went down, it was, bam, Sean Livingston will come back with a three. I mean, not a three, maybe like a jump shot, a layup, something like that, and extend the lead back to 10. Um, the crowd out in Oakland, mean. And when I say mean, I mean, not mean as in tough and nasty. I mean, mean as in not nice. You know when you have a little kid and they start talking to you and you just say, not nice. Not nice. I don't like the way you do that. Not nice. That's the way they were treating J.R. Smith. Team introductions. The other, the cows are getting introduced. Normally what will happen, you get booed. You know, Tristan Thompson, boo. This player, boo. J.R. Smith gets a round of applause. Unbelievable. Yes, they gave him a round of applause. And then during the game, while he's taking a free throw, instead of booing or trying to distract him, what do you hear? Chance of MVP, MVP, MVP. So they're literally reminding him that he's the reason why the Warriors won. And they're doing it in the most sarcastic, mean way that you could. Oh, that was just. But I mean, um, Kurt J.R. Smith, he is feeling a little bit of a hangover from that game. You know, he had five points. I mean, he just had a bad game last night. You know, there's nothing to say. And you can't blame him after feeling as bad as he did after game one. But he just had a bad game. Um, you know, Kevin Love came to play. He had a double-double, 20-point double-double, 21 and 10 rebounds. But LeBron James, not as many points as game one. 29 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists. But it just felt like he had 51, 8, and 8, and it was a tighter game. He has 29, 9, and 13, 
and the score is 122-103. I don't want to say LeBron James didn't do enough. We talk about his teammates, but LeBron James does a lot, and that team is built, and the offense is built around LeBron James' specific skill set. I hate to say he needs to do more, but he kind of does because it's like whenever he's not on the court, everything falls apart. And maybe they need to get another player. I mean, I know the argument is his team lets him down. I know last night there just wasn't a lot of help for him out there. It just felt like if it wasn't Kevin Love scoring, everybody's looking at LeBron like, nah, man, you go. You take the shot. I don't want to take the shot. So um, it, it just looked like very lackluster effort from James's cohorts, whereas opposed to Steph Curry, as I mentioned before, he had 30 points, but Kevin Durant chipped in with 26 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, very efficient. He wasn't bricking a lot of shots like he was in the first game. He was very efficient from the field. And OKK Clay Thompson chipped in with 20-some-odd points. So the big three on that team all exceeding over 20 points. And throughout this postseason run, when OKK Clay Thompson, Steph Hot Curry Sauce, and Kevin, not Ducant, but Ken Durant, all score above 20 points. The Warriors are undefeated. So what I'm basically saying is, if the game plan is, hold one of those three guys under 20 points, and you have a shot. So, um, I mean, that's all to report from game two. I mean, there, there wasn't a lot to see. I mean, a lot of guys looked down and dejected after the game as well as during the game. But it was, it, it's going to be a totally different game in Game 3 because, you know, each specific game in the playoffs has its own meaning. You know, Game 1 are usually the toughest games, but it's the easiest for the road team to win because it's the feel-out game because you're trying to feel out what's this team doing, how are they going to play, what's the rotation, how a team's going to play, how can we expose their weaknesses. The Game 2 is usually the easier game for the home team to win because it's the game where... Okay, we know how the away team is going to play. The away team is like, oh, man, this crowd's going to be real loud, and they're going to be energetic and all involved. And that's what happened last night, and that's why the Warriors won so easily. Now, game three, you're going to be back in Cleveland now. History tells you that the role players, the Livingstons, the McGees, the other role players that come off the bench for the Warriors are not going to have the same type of production because you're on the road. See, road games are when you need your stars to come out and show why they're stars. Durant needs to play big. Curry needs to play big. Klay Thompson needs to play big. And the opposite is going to be the case for the Cavaliers, where LeBron James, I'm talking about how he needs help. Maybe you get a little bit more production from George Hill. Maybe Kyle Korver does knock down a couple more threes. Maybe Clarkson is a little bit more productive off the bench because you're at home. You feel better. You see, the big games are 1, 3, 5, and 7. You know why? 1 and 3, I already explained. 4 doesn't matter. And I don't want to say 4 doesn't matter unless it's 3-0 for the Warriors. But usually 4 is a game where it's not an elimination game. 5 is the tone setter game. Because around 5, both teams, if they're 2-2, two and two, whoever wins that game 5, unless it's an elimination game, has to win one out of the next two. Okay? So, game three is big. And game four, let's say the Cavs win that game. 
Cavs are eliminated in game four, although they really want to win game four and win every dang home game that they can because it doesn't look like they can win at Oracle. But game five is the one that's really going to spin the series and let you know what teams have to win. But at this point, I don't know if the, the, the Cavs are even going to see a game five. But we shall see. That's all I have for you. Hold on. Let me flip over my notes. I know sometimes people are telling me, I hear you flipping over notes. What are you doing? I'm writing notes watching these games, man. I'm sitting there making sure that my information is correct. I know last game I made some mistakes, but I'm making sure that my information is correct when I'm talking to you guys. All right? So this is my positive quote i like to end today's episode with. <clears throat> positive quote for episode 11. Even at your best, Someone will have something negative to say. So why not pursue greatness anyway? Even at your best, someone will have something negative to say. So why not pursue greatness anyway? Thank you for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.